You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured client is Corey Willis, and you can find her at coreywillis.com. That's C-O-R-I willis.com. Corey is a strategy consultant and coach. She partners with Christian entrepreneurs and their companies to build custom business models and strategies around their unique strengths and God-given gifts. This isn't ordinary. She's really working in both the spiritual and the business plane and bringing them together. I think this is the wave of the future. I think a lot of people are wrestling with leaving their faith, leaving God outside of their business. So the conversation, this narrative, I think is becoming widespread. She's also the creator of the Gifts Assessment Wheel and the Principles of Profit Business Assessment Tool. Since retiring from a career in law and finance, she's become a best-selling author, speaker, entrepreneur, and sought-after strategic partner. She believes that if you are called to do something and you're still struggling to do it or you're feeling unfulfilled while doing it, you just likely haven't found the right business model. So let's, let's get into that with Corey. Again, you can find her at CoreyWillis.com. Corey, welcome to the show. Go ahead and share something personal about you. Uh, there are very few people in your business life actually now. Oh, well, hello, Joseph. Um, I think you got me with this question last time too. Let me see. Um, people don't know about me. Yikes. I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. Um, well, while you're thinking about that, I'm going to yeah. give context to my audience. So uh, Startup Nation, Corey was on my other podcast, Broken Catholic. That's what she's referring to. And we spoke very much about her spirituality, her faith journey, and how much that's a part and integrated into her business. Um, so that's really who she speaks to. She realized that that's her calling uh, is to speak with other Christian business owners and to not shy away from the faith conversation. And it doesn't have to be all about profits. Uh, it can also be about spirituality as well. So Kari, I gave you some time. I stalled you there. So what do you got? Something personal about you. Very few people in your business life know. That I am a fiercely competitive ping pong player. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You did not share that on the other show. I will whoop you, girl. I, challenge accepted. Let's do it. Do you have a ping pong table in your new house, first of all? 
No, I do not. Okay, because you know you're only a quick jump on I-4 away from me, so. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. right. Very you let me cool. know when. Well, I'll, I'll come up to your table and uh, we'll give you home uh, turf uh, advantage. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you something about ping pong. When I was in my 20s, before I got married, I always um, made my dates take me to play ping pong because you can learn everything you need to know about a man by the way he plays ping pong. Oh, darn it. That's like a, a whole other conversation right yes, there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, did, I mean, I know that, you know, when I was dating before I got married and yes, Startup Nation, I am newly married and uh, about to go to honeymoon in Santorini, Greece. And so looking forward to it, God really blessed me with the woman of my dreams. And, but before that, I would uh, uh, really, uh, when I took girls out, I would always want to see how do they handle sports and competition and fun activities? Because it's so revealing to your point, Corey, yep. if people can't handle losing well, it comes out when you play a game with them. And that normally means that they won't be able to handle problems when you face problems in your life and your marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and I really want to see that out front, those red flags. So, and All sometimes right. people can't handle winning either. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like they gloat, Leah, look yeah. at me. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, your ego is a little too big for our relationship. Yep, next. <laughs> next. All right, let's get into uh, the money game. My audience loves context, Corey. Okay. Uh, approximately uh, how much gross revenue did your business do in the past 12 months? So my business comprises multiple businesses, but I think you're specifically asking about the coaching. Yes. And I can tell you for a host of reasons, and we can, we can get into this, mm -hmm. I made in 2018 nothing What? Um, for a host of reasons. So I, I made, I would, let me take that back. I would say I made maybe about $10,000. And where that came from was I had this little funnel running, selling this little $37 product. Um, it was a horrible funnel. I mean, it was the world's worst funnel, but it still sold a couple copies, um, a couple copies a week. Yeah. And... Um, I have this book on Amazon that also sells a couple copies a week. But for a host of reasons, I didn't make any money. Other than that, I didn't make any money in 2018. From the coaching business From the coaching business, right. All right. What about the other businesses? Like if you combine all your businesses together, because I know you got your hands in a few different things, um, how much gross revenue approximately did you do in the past 12 months? So that would be multiple six figures. That's just sort of my, that's real estate stuff. That's family business stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that would be in the multiple six figures, but from coaching. Could zero. you give a range? 200,000 to 300,000, four to range. five? In that range. Which one? Two to 300? Around 300, I would say. Around 300,000. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's pretty cool. Okay. I, don't, I don't always take those distributions though. Ah, I got that. Is, that's a whole other that's a part of the way the, the business is structured, but no, no, definitely. And real estate, maybe you reinvest a lot of those distributions back into it, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So 300,000, let's get real about what's real, right? I want to hear more about the coaching uh, business because I think you just went there and you just got vulnerable and said, listen, I only brought in 10 K in my coaching business because I was relying on a funnel as my entire business model. And I think this is, this is a good conversation to have because a lot of people are building that, that click funnel and then they're like putting all the eggs in the basket. They get the perfect funnel. They hire the person to do it. I know I personally, in one of my businesses, um, I hired two click funnel experts uh, to build one funnel and both of them sucked and both of them <laughs> I lost money on and I never ended up with a finished funnel. 
Um, so I know there's a lot of, of my listeners right now that are going through that right now. So what do you want to say about that and about your own personal experience with that? So I would say um, I wasn't relying on the funnel. What I did was I became absent in the other pieces of my business, right? So the funnel was just sort of there. And it was, it's, it's sort of this funnel. I stopped the funnel this year. Um, but it was a funnel that I kept saying, I got to get back to this. I got to get back and, and figure out this funnel. But it, it sold a couple copies a week and it was a horrible funnel. I mean, when you got to the upsell page, it just hit you with a wall of text, right? They didn't have any pictures. It looked like... Um, like a legal brief, right? And you know, I'm a lawyer, so I was happy with it. I was like, hey, this is great. But the average person doesn't want to see a wall of text, but it still sold a couple copies. But I just abandoned the other part of my business. So I wasn't quite relying. Um, I just, I didn't make any offers, right? And that's critical. You have to make offers. You have to make offers. I stopped making offers. I stopped. Why did you do that? Um, like, you know that you have to make offers in order to grow your business. You knew yeah. it, but you stopped it anyway. Why? What was going on there? You know, probably some existential crisis. I was also a university professor, so I was debating retiring from that job. I had some other, I did some other consulting, some legal consulting, um, which is where I've also made more of my money. Um, I think I lost track of my message. Mm. Um, I think I, I think a lot of things happened that sort of took me away from it. I, I got too self-conscious about some things. Um, and I started, when it, get, when it got hard, I gravitated towards things that were easy. Mm. And this wasn't an easy thing for me, right? As I was building this business, um, you, you get confronted with things that are difficult. And, and I'll always say that entrepreneurship, it confronts you with you. Right. Like the stuff that you've been able to figure out how to live around and build around entrepreneurship brings it front and center. Um, and and you, you, you see yourself for the good, the bad and the ugly. And that's what happened in, in 2018. What did you learn really going back and just looking and reflecting on that and maybe things you would have changed, done better or are now going to? do completely different this year? Because I think there's some good takeaways for our audience right now um, in some of that because Startup Nation, maybe you're exactly where Corey was, um, where when things got hard in your business, you gravitate to the easy things mm -hmm. and, and then kind of like cross your fingers and hope it's going to work and hope it's going to pan out when deep down you know it's the hard things that are going to really get you the growth that you're looking for. So what, what uh, do you look back on right now, Corey, and, and say, wow, I'm totally going to do this different? So 2019 is a totally different year. Um, I, it was like I was in a fog and then I just came out of it. Um, and then I've been back. I've been back in touch with my, my community. Um, I expected to have a bunch of unsubscribes and things like that. And I just, I just laid it on the table. I said, you know what? I haven't talked to you guys in a really long time. That's my fault. It's not your fault. I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to do all these things. And I, I refer to my community as a sticky tribe, right? Um, this tribe shows me love in incredible ways that, you know, like I, they don't unsubscribe. Um, you know, I've heard of people who every time they send an email, they get dozens of unsubscribes. I might get one unsubscribe, unsubscribe, maybe two. Um, so I feel so it's it's affirmation for me that there's a need for what I'm doing, and they're just waiting for me to give mm -hmm. them what they need, and they're, they're hanging around, right? They email me back, they, um, they they send me messages on Facebook. So they're waiting. They're like 
they're, they're telling me, come on, give us what we need. Give us what we need. And I love that. I, I love my tribe so much because they are sticky. I cannot run this tribe off. And I love that. Wow. You know, uh, Startup Nation, I'm sure you're listening to Corey right now and you're like, I want a tribe like that. Like my tribe keeps running away from me. I'm chasing them. <laughs> and Corey's like doing everything possible <laughs> accidentally or subconsciously to kind of drive them off and they're sticking anyway. Yeah. That's when you know you've really done well up front um, in finding the right avatar, the right uh, type of person that you want to work with and really offering uh, you know, a solution to the pain that they're in. What, what is that problem that you're solving? All right. So uh, specifically, here's what I'm going to ask you and I ask on the show, Corey. Um, I want your top three tips or strategies. And maybe it's like, well, Joseph, uh, you know, I didn't do it right the first time, but here's my top three tips or strategies I'm going to apply this year that I know are going to grow my business to 100K, my coaching business. Um, so give me those top three tips or strategies. And they may come from, hey, I learned this from failing. Okay. So I, and I, and, and I said that 2019 is a, a totally different year from 2018. And I think so. I'm, I think I'm on track to cross uh, six figures. 2017 was a good year. 2017 was a good year. And then 2018, I just, you know, something happened. But um, I would say, I already said this. So the first one, this is a freebie, is make offers. Don't stop making offers. The worst that can happen is people say no. The best that can happen is that people tell you what's wrong with the offer, mm. right? So that you can make a better offer next time. And sometimes people aren't thinking of the thing that you're about to offer them. And then when you offer it, they say, oh, that's awesome. Sign me up, right? So that's a freebie, make offers. I would say, so I have a, I have a bunch of things here. I, I took some notes before we started. Um, I would say to be authentic. Be authentic because God created you to be one particular person, an original of who you are, not a copy of all these other people. And there is so much copying in this industry right now. So what does that look like specifically, right? Because we hear that all the time, be authentic, but like, what do I stop doing in order to be authentic? Or what do I start doing specifically practical uh, to be authentic? Okay, so I can tell you, first I'll tell you how you know that you're not being authentic, okay? The first one is that you hate what you're doing. You hate how you're doing it. A second one is that you're struggling, right? God did not create us and give us an assignment and then want us to struggle in that thing. So if you're struggling, there's something about what you're doing that may not be aligned with who you are. So take the work to figure out who you are and... Another way that you can know that, um, that you're not being authentic is if you're hacking, right? This, there's this, tr this trend of hacking right now where everybody's copying everybody. Mm. Um, if you are hacking, or God forbid, if you actually are copying, obviously that's a sign that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. If people can't tell the difference between your voice and the next guy's voice or the next gal's voice, you're not being authentic. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is, you know, to be authentic is stop copying other people and start creating. Start creating. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God is the original empire builder. And the first thing that he did was create something out of nothing. He created something from scratch. But here's the kicker. He made that thing in his own image. So as that thing is out floating around in the world or in case of your product or your delivery floating out there in the marketplace, it should 
people should recognize you through the thing that you've created. If Absolutely. They look, if they look at the thing you've created and they can't, they don't see you in it, then the thing is not adequately representing you. Can I give an example of this? Absolutely. So I'm thinking about this podcast, right? So early on when I started as a podcast host, I wanted to model success, right? So I looked at other successful podcast hosts and I was like, okay, I want to be like them. So I started to copy their tonality, copy some of their lingo or whatever. And uh, really it, it took uh, about a year for me to find my own voice. Yeah. And now to your point, uh, you know, start creating and made in, in your own image. It's like, when you listen to the show, it has my personality in it because it, it has me in it, right? It does. It's yeah. like people know when you listen to First 100K, like this is the real deal. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call my guest out if I feel they're not being authentic or if they're maybe coming across braggadocious but can't really back it up. And, I, and I'm going to get right into it with provocative questions. And my audience knows that. That's also how I show up in life. Does that mean I have a ton of friends? No, I have a ton of acquaintances and I have very few select friends who know my heart, but they also know that I'm very sharp um, and not everyone is up for that. Not everyone is up for, uh, you know, being called out on, you know, whatever, blind spots and authenticity and everything like that. So, uh, you know, really bringing my voice into the podcast is being authentic. Is that right? Absolutely. And the thing about that is that like attracts like, right? So the, the people that you will draw by being yourself mm. are better customers, Yes. Right. They're they're They like you. They, they are signing up for the real deal. Holy field. Right. They're not they're not going to be surprised later when you they're going to. Oh, this is exactly who this guy has been, who he's been since the very beginning. Right. And that and and as we change, our authentic self has to change. Right. We have to keep. And, and this goes to living in the past. Right. Because you can also be inauthentic by reliving your heyday. Right. Trying, you know, trying to show up at 45 the way you were at 25 or, in, you know, God forbid, 15 when you were, you know, on the football team or something. Um, that's also inauthentic. Right. So you have to keep up with yourself in that regard. That's such a great distinction. And I know I am guilty of that myself, uh, especially again on this podcast, kind of showing up like like all oh, hoorah. Like I was in my 20s when I was selling stuff and, and I was coming across as like a salesy guy. Yeah. And that's not who I am right now. It's like yeah. now I'm just more postured and cool and confident and just look people in the eye and, and we do business. So uh, really having to slow that down and, and not put this mask up um, yeah. was a lesson for me as well. All right. So we got That's the awesome. authentic. Uh, what's your number three top tip or strategy to make your first 100K for my audience? Uh, so I have, I have an, unpo an unpopular one, but I'm going to hold that for a minute. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you another one sort of related to what we just said. One of the things that I am having to deal with in my own business and that I think a lot of people in business need to deal with is how easily we are fooled by nice people, gregarious people, extroverted people, um, and we want to follow them. We want to be like them. Even if we're not a naturally gregarious or extroverted person or we're not, you know, overly nice. And here's, here's the problem with it. Nice is, it's a social strategy. It's not a personality trait, right? It is something that people do because they want a particular social outcome, right? So, for example, when you are returning something in the department store and you're past the deadline, what do you do? You be nice. You smile. Right. We are so as as human beings, we are so susceptible to niceness, 
extroversion and gregariousness, right? The problem is those are the words that describe con artists, right? Con mm -hmm. artists are always nice because it works, because it works. Um, they have the placid smile, right? They're looking to get something. And so they'll tell you the words that you want to hear in order to get whatever their agenda is, correct? Yeah. And I, I think that how that translate into, translates into the coaching in the online space is that the people who build the biggest tribes sometimes are the most gregarious, the most extroverted people right? They lead these huge tribes. And even if they're personally introverted, when they come online, when they come on Facebook, when they're doing a webinar, they're very extroverted and, and bubbly and all this kind of stuff. And people fall for it hook, line, and sinker. And my advice to people would be to beware, because this is a business that is full of charlatans right now. And they all appear the same way, nice, extroverted, gregarious. I would say to people, beware, because remember, that is exactly how con artists are. And there's a lot of it going on right now. There's a lot of unsustainable um, advice in the marketplace right now. Mm. And when you're, when you're new and you're trying to figure out where to go and, and who to follow, you can be fooled by those things, right? So people, people need to look a little bit deeper, I think. Okay. So, so for my listener right now, you're saying stop being nice. What should they do? No, I'm not saying, well, I'm saying, well, so here's the problem with nice. We, to people that we perceive as nice, we attribute to them lots of positive qualities that niceness alone does not warrant, right? So when someone is nice to us, it makes us feel better about ourselves, right? So sometimes it fills a void that we have, which is why when people are, you ever have an interaction with somebody and the first look that they give you is not a nice one and, and you're like, oh, I don't like this person? Sure. Well, what happened is that they just didn't affirm you to you, right? They didn't, they didn't send that message that you may need that you're okay. Mm -hmm. And so we don't like them. But when people are nice to us, we receive that as them saying, I like you, you're okay. And so then what we do is we assign to that person a lot of positive attributes like kindness, integrity, authenticity, um, gentleness, generousness, just because someone is nice to us, we assign a lot of things to them mm. that they haven't earned. Got it. So I'm just right. saying, don't be fooled by it. Let don't be fooled, it. Startup Nation. Don't be fooled by the, the, the big smile and people just looking you in the eye and saying, oh, you're the best and all that self-flattery. Look beneath the skin. Is that's, that's what I'm hearing Corey say here. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your, your coaching business specifically, Corey? Um, not being clear early enough on my message, mm. um, which had something to do with why I stopped making offers. I would say that those two together. Um, Got it. And how did you get clear? What, what's the specific practical thing you did to get clear on your message? A lot of, so, so my message has two parts, right? The second part is kind of the meatier part. The first part is it's kind of soft and fluffy. And so the problem with it is and was that, people have a false sense of completion there. So when they hear the first part, they're like, oh, well, I already know about this. I don't need her for that. And the truth is that they don't. Um, they don't know and they do need me, but they think they don't. They have a false sense of completion there. So then people wouldn't get to the second piece of the message, which is the meteor piece of the message. So I've just had to rework the delivery and I worked the first piece that was giving the false sense of completion into 
it's now a component of the second piece and that has made a big difference. So a messaging problem. Um, so let me speak to that for a second because Startup Nation, I think Corey brings up uh, a great point here. And I, I see this with uh, some of my guests. I see it with some of my clients and I used to do it all the time. And it's simply called burying the lead, right? And it's so many times the very thing like in your messaging, when you start to speak about the pain uh, that your customer is going through, um, and then what your offer is and the solution that you help them with, right? And and many people, maybe yourself right now as you're listening, you leave that towards the end of your offer and you start with all this hype in the beginning. Um, kind of like what Corey is saying. It's like, oh, I do all this, I do all this, I do all this. And then right at the end, you're like, oh, and I can help you specifically with this this pain that you're in and remove it in 30 days, People want to hear that up front. So look to see right now in your messaging, are you burying the lead? Meaning, are you putting it at the back at the end? And if so, how can you bring it up to the front so that it grabs their attention? And as soon as you speak about that pain, they go, hey, that's me. I have that pain. You can help. How can you help? And that's what you want. That's how you bring them into your funnel, into your your. Um, your group, your tribe, et cetera. All right, let's wrap this up, Corey. Um, why do you think that uh, 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K? I think because they're, they're laboring under business models that were never intended for a person like them. Um, so it goes back to my first one. You have to figure out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what your temperament is. Temperament is a big one. Yeah, you, have sure. to have, you have to have the temperament for the thing that you're doing. And we've all been in situations where we've said, I don't have the temperament for this. Or have you ever met someone on their job and they are so ill-suited for the job that you walk away and say, this person does not have the temperament for that job? Oh, absolutely. You got a person in customer service that literally is just bitter and angry. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, a, why, a- why are you the face of the company? I don't get that. That's a, that's a perfect example. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, what, can, I, can I add some? Okay. Sure. We're short on time. I'll let you lead. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, what is your number one daily habit that has helped you grow your customer base and build that tribe that is so sticky right now that they won't leave you even when you push them away? Um, I make sure that they know that they can reach me at any time in any way and I respond immediately. And I, and I get a couple um, reach outs per week and I respond immediately to them, 100% accessible. So when you say they can reach you anytime, does that mean like they can reach you at 4 a.m. via text or something like that? I've heard entrepreneurs do this. Like literally they open themselves up and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, don't you want to have like a life outside of business? Like that's such a dangerous thing to do. Is that what you do? Um. No, I don't. So people can email me. And then when I wake up, as soon as I see it, I will respond to it. But I, I have a different perspective on that. I am, I am a person who thinks that the life, the laptop lifestyle, working two hours from the beach per week, that's not a biblical concept, right? This is, and it's not, it's not a part of the traditional um, American ethos, right? We are hardworking people. We are not a midday siesta type of place. And for some reason, there's this new idea that we should be able to all make seven figures while working four hours a month or something like that. I, I don't think it's biblical. I think it's demonic. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. So I, I, I know people are trying to get their time back. But, um, you know, the Bible is very clear about, about working hard. The key is to find something that you can work hard at and lose yourself in, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like you're working. It doesn't feel like you're working. 
Got it. I want to jump more into that topic, but we don't have the time to do it. All right. So uh, welcome to the hustle round. My favorite part of the show. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Um, so again, we're speaking with Corey Willis. You can find her at CoreyWillis.com. That's C-O-R-I-W-I-L-L-I-S.com. All right, Corey, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Being able to lose myself doing things that I love. Got that. What's your least favorite thing? The administrative part. Yeah, I get that. What are you most afraid of? Dying with my gifts undeveloped. Mm, Well said. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Striving, um, thinking the grass was greener, climbing, that Got thing. it. And what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this coaching business? Oh, uh, menial tasks, Canva. Um, <laughs> so like designing stuff. Design, yeah. Graphics, ads, all that stuff. What right. secret fear do you have about people? That they won't get to know me and love me. Mm. Because I'm a two-step, I'm a, I'm a two-contact kind of person, right? You have to meet me a second time. Yeah, I'm probably a 10 contact, <laughs> 10 step. It's like, by, if you're still around by step nine, we're probably going to be best friends forever. Right. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, trust my instincts. Trust my instincts. Got it. What's a new habit you want to form? Eat less. I think I said that last time. Okay, Eat less. Got it. And what's I'm a bad habit? Still ha- working on it. Still working. What's a bad habit you want to break? I don't have a natural need to leave the house. Um, to leave what? The house. The house. To leave the house. So yeah. you're, you're a homebody. You stay at home too much. Yes. Well, girl, get out, man. Be social. <laughs> you're preaching to people here. I have no natural need to get out. Yeah, I get that. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Oh, um, surrendered, um, committed, and creative. Got it. And pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Arrogant, um, excited, sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, um, and corporate. Mm, got that. Well, and last question. If you could come back to life after you died, Corey, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Go for it. Go for it, Startup Nation. Just go for it, darn it. And Corey, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K in the next 12 months? Um, I think it's important to have two to three streams of income but no more. Don't have 10 like me because what ends up happening is that you don't do any of them as well as they need to be done. Girl, look at you preaching. Why, like you're the shoemaker with holes in her shoes. <laughs> I literally I, have a hole in this shoe that I have on. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Um, so you can find me on Corey Willis. That's Corey with an I. CoreyWillis.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I think it's at Willis Christian Business, something like that. 
(laughs) (laughs) You get you're supposed to know that, right? Right, enough said, yeah. All right, Um, Startup Nation, this is a great example of you don't have to be perfect to be successful in business, okay? Corey's doing it. She's making over $300,000 a year, right? And last year, she had a rough year. She kind of went on sabbatical, but she has multiple streams of income coming in. So as one business, her coaching business wasn't really flourishing, she still had that, that revenue generation coming in. So do the same thing for yourself. She recommends don't go more than three streams. Um, some would challenge that. They, they say you want to have at least six streams. I don't know which is, is better, but do what works for you. And uh, Startup Nation, do you love this show? Do you love listening to your first 100K with me, myself, and Idris Warren? Do you love guests like Corey Willis who come on and just speak, you know, truth and, and don't try to uh, flatter you with all, you know, the hype and look at them and look how great they are. But I think you see most of my guests are real humble. Um, and, and I think this is why they're winning. They're transparent. They're humble. They don't hide their scars. Uh, and, and they, they're able to speak to yours, uh, as you're in it. So if you love the show, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't done so yet. Um, and share the show with people that you love and care about. Uh, if you need any type of spiritual coaching, if you're going through any kind of breakdowns in your family, in your relationship, in your marriage, or with disconnected with your kids or with your creator, with God, uh, this is what I offer is one-on-one coaching. And uh, I got to tell you, I work specifically with Christian business owners and they are loving it. Um, just breakthrough after breakthrough. I can't believe I get to do this. I started this business in January and what an awesome business uh, to be in, just really watching God transform lives. So um, find what lights you up like a Christmas tree. I think uh, I have Christmas year round now, so it's pretty awesome. Um, But if you're interested in jumping on a spiritual clarity call with me uh, for 30 minutes, just to get clear on what it is you want in your life. um, And if we want to work together, go to josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net and just schedule a call with me. Corey Willis, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's peace, God's love, and God's joy in your life, my dear. Thank you. Same to you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. 
I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.